For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Oh, hit it out. Oh, baby, what a play. This is Jeff Fedoten with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in KC and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, former Kansas City Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valerio and I discuss the latest news involving Orlando Brown and Frank Clark. But first, Joe, I'm editing Christian Okoye's autobiography. We had him on the show and teased his book, and I, I'm sure we'll have him on again in the fall when the book is published. Anyhow, I wanted to share a nugget that you may or may not already know, uh, just because since you were somebody who was endorsed by Reebok when you're playing, wore the pumps, I'm sure you remember the Dan versus Dave campaign. Yeah, yeah. The two decathletes. Yeah, well, great so, Netflix series on that. There's a great, or I don't know if it was Netflix, but there's a great, there's a great uh, series on that, on that mini or podcast. It might have been a podcast, but yeah. Anyway, well, so it's even more timely that well. So Dave Johnson, the decathlete, actually went to Azusa Pacific Koye's College, and he was actually a football player, a safety, and mm-hmm. he went to tackle Koye. Koye sent him flying on like the collision, and he's like, you know what? I'm gonna stick on uh, stick with track. I, had you heard that story? That was great. I did know. I did not know that. I did know that. I did know that based on this podcast I had listened to about about them. Um, well, it was actually it was it was a, a visual video series. I remember now, where they they kind of went through that whole uh, deal because that was that was a time when the decathlon was huge. Yeah, you know? I mean, so. Um, yeah, so I, I knew that they had gone to the same school, but I did I had no idea, no idea that they played together and that Christian uh, kind of sent him, basically gave him gave him uh, his decathlete career. So probably for probably for the best, considering he yeah. was a pretty good decathlete. But yeah, that's uh, it all comes full full circle. You've seen um, the recent doc on it, and plus, like you were a Reebok, you had the pumps, right? That was yeah, good. we had. We had we had the pumps, we had the Reebok gloves, we had you know we had everything. So yeah, it was I remember those pumps, boy. They were they were something else. That was kind of cutting edge at the time because we were pumping our helmets while we were pumping our <laughs> shoes. So getting our helmets to fit better, but I mean it was a good concept, right? To get to fill in all the cracks of your feet and kind of get everything in there. But yeah, Re, uh, Reebok Christian was a big Reebok guy. Well, Chiefs fans are still very pumped about the Super Bowl 57 win. Yes, I went there, a very lame segue, but we're we're moving the pot along. Yeah. Uh, but the team next year could potentially look different with, with some news coming out that it sounds like they're not going to tag Orlando Brown um, and that they're going to re- release Frank Clark. None, but, Joe, I think it's actually smart on both counts. I, I, I wrote for Forbes how Frank Clark was due a $29 million cap hit. Um, and that's the third, that would have been the third highest for a defensive end in the NFL. And he's been great in the playoffs, third, third all time in postseason sacks. But in the regular season, he's never had uh, a double digit sack season for Kansas City. He didn't even have more than five either the last two seasons. So I think just 
you know, they Patrick Mahomes is making he he's going to count almost fifty million against the cap this year, and obviously money well spent. But yeah. I think you have to be a little judicious. I think these are both Clark and Brown, good players, but not necessarily great players who who can shell out that kind of money to. Joe, do you agree? I'm curious your thoughts on this. Yeah, I'll start. Let's start with Orlando. Um, uh-huh. We talked we talked about him all season. I mean, yeah, uh-huh. he stepped up towards the end of the year, and um, you know, definitely, obviously, in the Super Bowl. You know, whether you want to use the field, people want to use the field as an excuse or whatever, that the, the Eagles couldn't get their rush going because of the field conditions or whatnot. I mean, I don't want to give I don't want to give them that much credit. Um, but, you know, Orlando did his job in the playoffs. But during the season, you know, I was worried. I was worried he was hurt. I was worried he was dinged up. We talked about it with Blair Kirkhoff. I mean, oh, I, you know, I just. I think I think Blair kind of agreed. I mean, there was a lot of talk and and speculation on on how effective he was going to be all season. And again, whether it was something that was nagging him or or keeping his feet what looked like was in cement, um, he just he just you know I don't think he was that effective. I don't. I mean, and then and then you know, on the other side of the ball, you know, Frank Clark. I mean, he d- just doesn't have. He's definitely not not a Derek Thomas presence for sure. I mean, yeah, he has the stats to go with it for the playoff runs, but again, I'm just basically, I'm just saying exactly what you said, Jeff, and I'm totally agreeing with you that this is, these are two good moves for them to see what can happen. And if somebody wants to come all along and offer Orlando Brown $25 million, then I think it'll be, Hey, thanks for all you've done. You've done here's, you know, Super Bowl ring and we'll, we'll catch you later. Cause you know, I don't think that they would get their bang for their buck out of something like that if it got if it escalated. Now, if they wanted to lock him up for a long term deal and they can play around with cap money, certainly I think he'd be worth having, right? Because a proven left tackle is a proven left tackle, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you need it. Um, but I think I think they can I think they can get uh, something for a little bit more for their value if if it does escalate to the point where he becomes you know, too expensive on the other side with Frank, I think it's the same. It's kind of the same argument, you know, I mean, he's just not, it's not the day to day effectiveness that you're going to get out of a cap hit like that. And I think they can go out in the draft and find somebody, make a big free agent move, you know, look for someone that can be effective and and get a rotation going um, with the pass rush. This is also a a draft that one of the strengths is edge rusher. Uh, So it'll be interesting to see if that's, how they ru- try and uh, place Clark. It could potentially be, again, I think these are the right moves. It could put, uh, George Karloftis had a really promising rookie year, but it'd be a little bit scary if we do end up with a rookie and a second year guy as our two edge guys, you know, wh- whatever they did with a, they won a Super Bowl with a completely uh, a young, all rookies all over the place in the secondary. So, you know, who's, who am I to, to doubt this? But that that is one, again, I like the moves, but that's something interesting to watch. Yeah, if there's a Derek Thomas out there, you know, not that you know, I mean they broke the mold when they made Derek. So I don't know if if someone like that's out there, but if they could come up with the goods through the draft or or through free agency with someone like that 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 could complement, you know, Karloftis. I mean, look at Neil Smith and Derek. They started out both relatively young together, built, you know, built that into probably one of the best defensive end tandems in the NFL. Maybe I don't I mean maybe over exaggerating, but NFL history, or at least AFC history, right? Mm-hmm. When you look at what Neil Smith and Derek Thomas were able to do from a sack and 
pressure perspective because when they were double teaming Neil, they were singling up Derek and vice versa. When they were doubling Derek, they were singling Neil and each of them really knew how to, to make, uh, make very effective use of their, of the singles, uh, single blocks. So, you know, maybe they could, maybe they could do something like that, you know, build the next Derek Thomas, Neil Smith duo. Uh, speaking of pastors, Joe, you mentioned something um, a bit ago about that I had meeting, been meaning to ask you about. Um, of course, Orlando Brown and the Chiefs offense alignment and the rest of the Chiefs offense alignment were awesome in Super Bowl 57, did allow a sack. Um, and obviously the turf was not in good shape there at State Farm Stadium. Lots been made out of that. Hey, it, both teams had to play on it. They knew that going in, the turf wouldn't be um, – in great shape. That was a talking point throughout the week. But Joe, I I just wanted to get your opinion uh, as a former player. How much of an impact do you think that had and what kind of experience? I'm sure you've had situations where it's been less than ideal field conditions. Tell tell the listeners what that's like, if that helps or doesn't help offensive linemen. Oh, it totally helps offensive linemen. I mean, I'm not saying that both teams didn't have to play on it, um, which, you know, they did, right? So it's not not as if it, one team was getting an advantage. Like totally. the, it wasn't like the Chiefs when they were on defense were playing on AstroTurf, right? Like, right. It, you know, which is a lot faster for a rusher. I mean, that's why I think Derek Thomas really gained so much momentum with his career was starting on AstroTurf, mm-hmm. you know, because it's all in that first step. Uh-huh. You know, it's, it, it's in that first and second step. If you can get off and beat the offensive lineman to the punch – you know, you're going to have an advantage, especially when it's a little loud and you can't hear. Um, and I'm not saying that Super Bowls are are super loud venues, but still, nonetheless, I mean, it, it just it just it just slows you down as as a as a speed rusher and as a pass rusher if you can't make the moves that you need to make because there's only so much you can do with power, right? And and you know, if you're using speed as your as your sort of main strength of your pass rush. Those first two steps are critical, and you saw a lot of times, um, you know, guys were, were were like Hassan Reddick was slipping. I mean, his feet were coming out from under him, and and that totally helps an offensive lineman because you're as an offensive lineman, your base is always there, right? You got to keep oh. a strong base, you keep your legs spread out, you're keeping your body. You don't have to move that far. If you think about like offensive lineman, it's 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 centimeters that you're like shuffling. It's like boom, 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 boom with your feet. You know, you're trying to get you're like a sprinter, you know, when you're like Usain Bolt, when you're trying to rush around the corner, you're trying to gain ground um, when you're pass rushing. But offensive linemen are like very steady and methodical. It's small little steps and field conditions really to offensive linemen don't really matter. Um, You know, you you know, sometimes if it's if it's a little slippery, you're going to want to put on some like deep, like you know, one inch uh, screw in cleats. If if you really need to drive block and, and push um, sometimes if you're pass blocking and you're getting bull rushed and you want to dig your feet into the ground, you don't want to be slipping and sliding. Um, but other than that, you know, the advantage absolutely goes to the offense when the field conditions are bad, uh, especially as it relates to pass protection. Do you, Joe, do you remember a game you played in that had kind of sloppy field conditions like that? Yeah, I mean, we played. I remember we played the uh, the Browns at home, and I think we got. I want to say, I think. Well, number one, I think we punted like thirteen times because I was long snapping at the time. <laughs> yeah. So I remember, I remember snapping the ball thirteen times. It was a record for me for for long snaps in a game. You had a, you had a busy day, 
And and I remember the rain that just kept coming down and coming down and coming down and it just made the field get worse and worse and worse. And, you know, you'd find yourself, you know, at halftime, you know, changing your cleats, right? I mean, I think, listen, I got to give Alan Wright and his equipment staff, you know, and and what Alan learned from our one of our great guests, Mike Davidson, you know, what he what they learned about the, the proper shoes. And Marty was a stickler for that. And and I'm guessing, I'm assuming that, you know, Alan Wright as the head equipment manager now has, has kept that philosophy going through these different regimes of coaches is how important it is. And I've heard that, you know, Alan had had multiple shoes and cleat arrangements ready for the players in the Super Bowl. And it's probably why the Chiefs didn't have as much of a problem as the Eagles, because, you know, you want to make sure you have a shark bottom, which is like a rubber you know, like a rubber bottom. Um, you, you, um, you want to make sure that, um, you know, uh, you know, that you have your, 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 your half inch screw in cleats, your one inch screw in cleats for when it gets really muddy and you need to get under that grass and really dig in when it's soft. So yeah, you, you know, proper, proper footwear is essential, um, in the game of football for every position, probably some more than others, but, it's it's essential for every single position if you're going to be effective out there. Great stuff there, Joe. Well, Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything uh, from pro and college basketball, with the tournament coming up, the UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Live betting options, free contests, and live scores from almost any sport or game imaginable. Bet online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Uh, Joe, back to Orlando Brown a little bit. And he really, he did get better um, as the season progressed, especially that Super Bowl. We talked about the turf, but I don't care what kind of turf. Zero sacks, zero sacks, zero sacks, especially when Patrick Mahomes was still limited by that ankle. And that was such an important, um, going to be such a determining factor in the outcome. Um, but he did it. So he had a really good playoff run. You know, this one of the stories of the playoffs, of course, we just mentioned the Mahomes injury. He was injured against the Jaguars um, on an Arden Key hit, a Jackson, Jacksonville Jaguars player. It looked to me like Brown was kind of the culprit for that, that he allowed that that rush. So there, again, I think Brown is a good player, but I don't think right now the franchise tag for offensive tackles like twenty million. That's that's a lot, you know, that's a lot of money for for him. I think that that's my take on this. No, I I couldn't agree more, Jeff. You, you know, there's a a million cliches that are popping into my head right now. Is the juice worth the squeeze? Ben, you know, cost benefit analysis, right? Like there's just so many things we do it every day in our lives, right? We decide what kind of cars we want to drive, where we want to eat. If you want to go out to a restaurant, you know, what are, where are you going to get the most bang for your buck? There's another cliche, right? And I just think, I just think right now, given what they went through with this season and where they're looking at for next season, they're going to have to make some tough decisions about cost benefit analysis and whether or not Orlando Brown brought more benefit for what the cost would be, or even look, I'm not saying that even if they went out and got somebody that was better than Orlando Brown, that's going to be hard to do. I'm going to give it, right. I'm going to give Orlando right. Brown some credit. Yeah, Let's give him some credit. He's a seasoned veteran. He's a super bowl champion. 
He's got championship DNA. He's got he's got you know pedigree from his dad playing in the NFL. Like he's he's the real deal. Don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not disparaging or or being critical of Orlando Brown uh, in that sense. I, I think what it really comes down to is could they get more from some more out of the dollars that they would have spent, even if they get somebody that's worse than Orlando Brown, right? He, they might, but, but, and at what percentage, right? Is, is this player that they get to replace him at left tackle? If he's 10% worse than Orlando Brown, is it worth having 10 to $15 million to spend somewhere else? Right. Right. So, you know, that's, that's what, that's what Brett Veach is going to have to do. That's why GMs get paid the big bucks. Totally agree. And I, I think absolutely they will find, Probably the player who replaced Brown probably will be worse, but I think it's going to be um, it's going to be a wise decision. Uh, you know, it's interesting. The Chiefs are right now um, one challenge they'll have is all of a sudden Patrick Mahomes' money is counting a little bit more against the cap. It really started to escalate, but yeah, that's a the good problem to have. That yeah, we've got to pay the a great player by Mahomes, but it's going to be interesting to make these. They're going to have to make uh, some of these tough decisions and for like Frank Clark the same that I thought he was a good player he was so key I mean against the uh he had one and a half sacks against the Bengals the story of that game was the Chiefs pass rush just dominating the Bengals front and with and, and Frank Clark was a huge part of that he on the on the first quarter he just set the tone um against Joe Burrow and the Bengals so they're, they're gonna miss that uh Joe is it's also interesting when I was first looking at the Chiefs, you know, so much talk on the draft and Kansas City and stuff. I'm like, wow, the Chiefs have such a complete team. They don't have a whole lot of needs. Like, what, you know, maybe another receiver, but like they're they're really, I think, the most complete team in the NFL. Now you look at it, and obviously free agency, they might fill some of these needs. Now you have two really real big needs, offensive tackle and, and defensive end. They'll miss Clark and you know, Carlos Dunlap, who's who is kind of a longtime vet, you know, he he could potentially retire. So now I'm seeing two pressing needs, which may or may not be filled before the draft. Yeah. I mean, Jeff, just look at, you know, anybody could Google, you know, Chiefs free agents for 2023. And, you know, <laughs> it's a pretty, it's a pretty interesting list. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'd, I'd like to go back and look at year by year. I haven't, haven't had a chance to do that yet, but you know, I'd like to go back and, and I'm curious to go back years and say, have we really had a free agent, you know, um, could it be, could it be a free agent, you know, uh, bust out like, like, like this than we've ever seen before. Right. Of course the two huge numbers, right. With Clark and Brown, like with, I think it's like 16 and, and, and $15 million, right. 16 for Orlando and, and 15 million for Frank, for Frank Clark, right? And then, but then the next one down is Juju Smith-Schuster, which is like three point seven. Um, when you look at what their like value is to to the team, as far as like I guess a salary, uh, you know, or whatever market value, and, and then it, and then that's it. So there's a there's a twelve million dollar drop, but there's a lot of players in that middle. When you just start listing off the names, Juju, Carlos, Derek, Nadi, Andrew Wiley could be another hole at at, at you know. Right. Listen. Right. Now here's here's my you know uh, Ronald Jones you know Blake Bell or Cole Hardman I mean my God Thornhill Justin Watson Tommy Townsend Kalen Saunders I mean it's it's crazy Joe Fortson you know Nick Allegretti 
right? Another a name we talk about a lot as a, he's, he's, I, I, Nick's the guy that I'm most fearful that's going to leave. I think he's going to get a really, really nice deal from somebody and um, he's not, he's not gonna be able to turn it down. You know? I, I think so too, Joe, because I think he's start. I mean, he's started for the Chiefs. I think he's a starter caliber. I think he's. If I'm looking, if I'm a team, I don't know, like the Bears with a lot of cap room and a bad offensive line, I I sign him, plug him in. And I think he could be a long time starter for that team. Or somewhere. yeah. So so think about it this way: once a player gets a ring, now obviously I never had a chance to win one, so I don't know how that feels, but. I would imagine that once you get a ring, as much as you must might love a city the same way that that Jen and I love Kansas City, living there, um, you know, you, you know the money talks, and and if somebody comes after any of the players that I just rattled through, which I didn't even name them all, you know, they're, they're, they've already got a Super Bowl ring, you know, maybe two. Some of them have two. And they're thinking, man, now I get a chance to, you know, I can, I can always, I'll always have that Super Bowl ring. I'll always have my time in Kansas City playing with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and two great first ballot Hall of Famers. And, you know, I had opportunity to be with them and and do the things and play for Andy Reid. Now I'm going to go take care of my future and provide and make some generational wealth money, right? Where they go out and they, they take a five, six million dollar deal that's irresponsible money that somebody offers a player like that because they have a, they have a need to fill like a Nick Allegretti, right? Like David, uh, Andrew Wiley, right? Somebody could see what he did in the Super Bowl and offer him just ridiculous money that he, as much as he loves Kansas city and he's kind of grown up here, you know, um, with this team, he might go somewhere, right? He's got, he's got the rings. He's, he's got the starting, you, you know, uh, cachet. He, he played in a, in a great city, you know, all those things that I mentioned. And then, I just hope it doesn't create too much uh, for this team and that we at least have some semblance of the crew that, that won us the Super Bowl. Yeah. Joe piggybacking on that Blair Kirkhoff, the Kansas city star sports writer, when he was on our pod last week, made a good point along the same lines of what you're saying now is that he thinks, you know, next year it's, this isn't going to be in 2023. It's not going to be a run it back season. Like we had where we had basically the whole team back. It's, it's going to be a different, um set of players now i still really like the chief's chances they're gonna have andy reed and patrick mahomes and kelsey and chris jones and that rookie class that did so well should be more experienced and even better but we're gonna look at we're gonna be seeing a different team next year for sure yeah definitely it's definitely not a run it back for sure and you know we saw what that did that didn't really get us get us the next ring so you know maybe maybe that's okay maybe totally okay and joe we have one important topic to discuss here Travis Kelsey is one of the guys who will be of course one of the holdovers one of the mainstays of the team in 2023 despite some change around him uh he was on Saturday Night Live Joe uh what what did you what did you think of his uh performance there you know I Saturday Night Live always does a great job of bringing in the latest and pop culture into our homes right which was cool right and uh uh, you know, seeing Travis up there, it brings me back to seeing other athletes that have done it, just to name a few, you know, when Joe Montana did Saturday yeah. Night Live, uh, Michael great. Jordan, Michael Jordan, Peyton Manning had had some unbelievably funny skits, um, you know, and you think about the players, just those are just to name a few that have been on, um, you know, it's always awesome to see them out of their football character and into like a Hollywood character. And that, that's what made me most happy, uh, was he, he went up there and he absolutely did his thing. Um, I thought he was, he was natural. 
you know, he, well, you know, he does such a great job with the podcast and, you know, he's such a, he's just such a character. Um, he was honest, he was real. And I thought, I thought he did a, I thought he did a great job of weaving it in. And of course his brother, Jason was a great sport for, you know, in the opening monologue sitting there, like all sullen, right. After Travis was celebrating the Super Bowl when I thought that was pretty good. He was, um, he was good. He was in a, a skit too. I, I encourage fans. So I thought Kelsey was really good. I thought some of the skits he was in were a little bizarre and out there, you know, all of a sudden, yeah. some, some a bit of a creep factor, but I thought he was often the best part of of, of these skits. And I encourage fans, uh, of Kelsey and listeners here to go out and check out um, uh, Saturday Night Live on Twitter. There is a clip. I thought the best skit he was in did make the cut. And, and Creed Humphrey is actually in this yeah. clip too. It's kind of poking fun at the, a United Way thing and and anyhow, just check it out. It's it's worth watching if you haven't seen it before. Yeah, definitely. He he's you know he's he's a riot. I mean, you know, Travis is funny and and he does such a great job with his brother in the podcast. So yeah, I thought he was a natural. I mean, it was funny that Kelsey Ballerini was you know Kelsey Kelsey. I know they made that joke in one of the promos, and you know if they got married, she'd be Kelsey Kelsey. Um, and which is funny because I just I had just seen uh, Kelsey Ballerini at the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville not too long ago, which was funny. Cause it was kind of like all these worlds were colliding yeah. for me. Like I, I yeah. had just seen her in concert and, and then Travis Kelsey with the Super Bowl. So it was kind of fun to, fun to see them uh, up there together. Did you have a favorite uh, skit that Kelsey was in? Um, I mean, you're, you're right. He was great in all of them. I, I gotta be honest. I kind of just liked his opening monologue. I just thought, yeah, that was you know, good. I just thought he, he did a good job. He was pretty natural. You could tell he wasn't reading too much. He had taken the time to kind of memorize some of the lines. I mean, some, some of the non actor or actress hosts, sometimes you can tell that they're like, you know, they've never done like live TV before like that. And you could tell they're reading the cue cards and whatnot. Um, but uh, yeah, he uh, yeah, and I gotta agree with you. I thought my favorite too was if, if I'm looking at the favorite other than the monologue was definitely the um, you know the one that got cut that didn't make the cutting room floor with with Creed Humphrey because that that just I love those ones that play on the United Way, like 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 it always it, it, like it, it made me think one. of the Manning yeah. one where he's throwing the ball at the little kids and knocking them over and sends the one kid into the outhouse you know into the <laughs> porta potty like it just you know because you you see these these players get out of their character a little bit and it's like, you know, it kind of, it's a little bit of a shock factor, but Saturday Night Live always has been like that, right? They've some skits just so bizarre that they're, they're going for the shock factor and you're like, what just happened? Like, like, what did I just watch? But cause my, my favorite part of Saturday Night Live, not to go off on a tangent or like a, a Joe tangent, but my favorite part of, of Saturday Night Live is generally this, the weekend update. Uh-huh. And, and any fake commercials that they do like that, that's always been the formula that I've always liked. I've always right. loved the fake. I've always loved the fake commercials and anything because you're like, wait, was that a, was that a real commercial? And like, no, 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 that was starting a lot. And, and I always like weekend update because it pulls in, you know, it pulls in the news of the day and what's going on in the world and kind of makes, makes light of it. And uh, so those always been so, but the skits, yeah, they've always been, you know, you can, you can either love them or you can be like, what just happened? You mentioned those commercials, and yeah, I I had recorded it. So when I was fast forwarding it, um, it was tough. I had to keep pausing. I'm like, wait, is this an ad or is this a, <laughs> a fake ad? Um, I I really liked both the American Girl, um, uh, th that skit, and also uh, the one that the straight 
the straight best friend. I thought those were yeah, yeah, my favorites. Yeah. And it's funny for me, Joe, you know, uh, another part of that opener, which you mentioned being your favorite, was really good, was it's cool to see his parents were there. Donna Kelsey, his mom, his, has become the superstar. You know, she was sitting next to Goodell for the Super Bowl. She was there on media night. She was introduced. And, Joe, I ran into her twice during Super Bowl week, once while getting a credential. And then I saw her at this Planners Peanuts uh, party. So I finally, like I said, you know what? Travis has been so nice for all his interviews and stuff. And then I saw her again and I, it almost felt weird that I'm like, I was like, I'm not stalking you. I was just coming to say right. hi again. But I, that I could have been a had, skit. That could have been a skit. You yeah, should have written that into Lauren skit, Michaels right? of Saturday Night Live. You could have made the, yeah. <laughs> but I, I think she had so much attention um, that she probably has has forgotten about me. I think she's got other 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 things. Joe, my one last note about SNL. I was hoping they were going to do like, the, the skit we liked that they did make the show, it you know, touched on football. I was hoping they were going to do some sort of like more football related skit, you know, like I was hoping yeah. something in there. So, yeah, yeah. But he, you know, it, it was, it was great. Like I said earlier to see, to see Jason uh, and them yucking it up a little bit. And, um, you know, he, you know, and, and, and then when his imitation of Patrick Mahomes, that's why I kind of like, Oh, that's right. Was like, that was great. I just thought that was great. We we were cracking up at that one because you know that was that was spot on, and you know it shows that they can that they have such a good friendship they can make fun of each other and you know have a good laugh at each other's expense. So uh, yeah, it was it was it was interesting. I mean, it'd be interesting to see if if somebody like a Patrick Mahomes would ever go on and host because we know some other quarterbacks and you know superstars like that have. I don't know if that's kind of in in Patrick's purview, if it's something that would ever, cause he does, he obviously does a great job on those, those state farm commercials, yeah. right. With the, with the, I love the one with the bath bombs and, 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 the, and the jazz bath that he does uh, with the trainer that comes out, you know, when he's talking to his state farm agent, but so yeah, I could maybe see, I could maybe, I could maybe, yeah, I could yeah, exactly. I could maybe see, I could maybe see, uh, I could see Patrick doing Saturday Night Live at some point in his career, Definitely could see Andy Reid doing it. I think Andy, he's a, I think Andy's a closet uh, kind of uh, performer. Like, I think he, I think he's probably really, really funny um, in, in his quiet moments. You know, he, I know he tries to keep the Andy, the cool, but you know, you know, he's inside. He's like a closet comedian. I think he is at least. I totally, I think the thing with Reed is he's such a workaholic that like, you know, he couldn't have been on this last week because there's calm, but like he has like two weeks of the year he takes off. You yeah. know? I'm not sure he'll spend it uh, filming, but you would think Mahomes would be the next candidate to follow. Like you said, the, the Manning brothers have both been on individually Montana. So you think he'd hopefully we'll get to see him on SNL soon. Well, if you enjoyed this show presented by Bet Online, please subscribe. We're available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.